It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome to the latest Gators Online podcast live from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. And Nick and I are here almost 0-3. Not 0-3. But not 0-3, although it will be interesting to see what the picks are this week for Florida, Tennessee, as we preview the Gators' first SEC road game of the season. We have Eric Kane on from VolQuest to talk about this top 20 matchup College game day in Knoxville, first time since 2016. The Gators are the biggest underdogs that they've ever been. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In this rivalry, it's a lot going on, Nick. Yeah, it's uh, a lot going on in Knoxville. There's a lot surrounding this game. Um, it, it's good to see this kind of excitement surrounding Florida, Tennessee. It seems like every so often, I, I go back to... Uh, must have been 2014 with Will Muschamp when, yeah, when right. that was the year Tennessee was going to end the streak and they were going to win. And Will Muschamp was happy to see all these disappointed Tennessee fans leaving the stadium. Treon Harris to the rescue. Treon Harris to the rescue. Um, Austin Harden <clears throat> with the game winner. My guy, Austin Harden. <laughs> what a name. What a flashback <laughs> there. Um, it, 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 it's good to see. Uh, growing up uh, in the 90s, like you and I did, this was always the game. It was Fulmer. Um, it, it was Spurrier. Spurrier always making his comments. Oh, yeah, we play in week three. They had a bunch of guys suspended for two games. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's good to see this kind of excitement back uh, with with the team and, and with the game. Um, Bobby, uh, you think those Tennessee coaches are floating in the ocean right yeah, now? Yeah. It, uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to get up to Knoxville. Knoxville is a sneaky good city. This will be the oh, second time you've been there. Second time. Um, I've been there every year since I've been covering the team in 2013. So I guess it's an, an even year game. Yep. Uh, so shoot, what is that? 14, 16, 18, Sin, 20, 20. Seen all my, wins, but this one. Be, this will be my fifth time. Yeah. It's going to be a, a crazy atmosphere, sold out stadium, uh, you know, college game day there as well. So checkerboard in Neyland. Mm, that's always a cool sight to see. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot to uh, kind of break down about this matchup. We'll do, a lot of that from the Vol side with Eric after we jump to uh, this break. But first, Nick and I got to at least give a little bit of a recap of what ended up being a, a barn burner in the swamp on Saturday night as the uh, the Bulls come in and give the Gators a run for their money. And uh, Jeff Scott takes Billy Napier's team down to the wire. And uh, if not for a low snap low and, snap then, and then a botch snap, I mean, two you know snap exchanges there that USF just did themselves in on the final drive, and the Gators hang on. Might still be playing. Yeah, <laughs> that, that that thing could have 
gone to two, four or five overtimes with the way that it was playing out. Yeah, just um, I think on the defensive side, I think you see uh, just how much mm. you miss Ventrell Miller. Fifty-one, and, and uh, we released our grades. Ventrell Miller is that with that without playing in that second game, still the highest rated defensive player for Florida. Um, and Billy Napier said it before the game. It's not even necessarily what he's doing on the field. It's Ventrell is a six-year guy. The yeah. speed at with speed at which he can diagnose plays um, and relay that information to teams or to the rest of the defense. Yeah. That's just something that you're now hoping and praying Amari Bernie can do. And it's not something he's normally asked to do because he's playing next to Ventrell mm -hmm. and the guys that are doing it. The guys that will be asked to do it now are a true freshman who's who will be playing his fourth game this weekend and a redshirt freshman in Scooby Williams. So yeah. None of them have never played in an environment like Saturday. No, no, no. They've and and it's well, it's it'll be easier for the defense. And it's so funny because we've talked to a bunch of defensive guys this week, and you want to ask them like, "Hey, how do you, how do you get ready for um, the, atm the atmosphere? How do you get ready yeah. for playing in front of one hundred and ten thousand fans?" And they're yeah. like, "Honestly, it's going to be easy." And and they're right because the defense, the, when Florida's defense is on the field, quiet. that place is quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so we're asking defensive players. How do you do this? And they're like, I don't know, man, but I'm ready to play in some quiet because it's been crazy for them it on is. defense the last three weeks having to make calls and checks. You know, the trading might be able to hear uh, Desmond Watson breathing. Yeah. <laughs> Football is back. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy sports with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, Kentucky, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Download the PrizePix app or visit prizepix.com and sign in using the code GATERS to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100 back. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. That's free money. Don't forget the PrizePix app or prizepix.com and the code GATERS to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast, live from Spurs Gridiron Grill, and we are now joined by our guest of the week, writer for Vols Quest and host of the Locked on Vols Podcast, Eric Kane. Welcome into the show, man. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. We got a uh, top 20 matchup taking place in Knoxville this weekend, and uh, obviously Tennessee's gotten off to a really hot start, big win over Pitt uh, early in the year. Um Give us your early impressions uh, of this team so far under Josh Heupel. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch, obviously. It was it was fun to watch last year with uh, kind of just the complete 180 offensively. You know, Josh Heupel, you know, brought here to Tennessee compared to what was going on with Jeremy Pruitt. So it's been fun. It's fun when you have a quarterback. And, you know, Tennessee, since Josh Dobbs really hadn't had a quarterback and Hinton Hooker's just a really, really good player. So offensively, they've just kind of been picking up now. You know, Pittsburgh was a test, no doubt. Pittsburgh's a solid football team, but the other two games have been against Mac opponents, so it's it's been pretty easy. It's not going to be easy this Saturday. Defensively, I think they've taken a step. Uh, we'll see exactly how much of a step 
uh, come Saturday. But it's been fun so far. They look good and obviously are intrigued to see this matchup coming up on Saturday. Before we get like too deep into X's and O's, just what I, I, I was surprised to find out. So Florida leads the series 31 to 20 and Tennessee won the first 10 games in the, in the series. What would last six, 16 of the last 17, I think, yep. what would just this win for Tennessee fans mean? Um, being number 11, a chance to go into the top 10. Uh, Neyland's going to be checkerboarded. What what would a win over Florida just mean for the fan base in, in their idea of hypo and the direction of the program? Yeah, I mean, it would be huge, and more so for that right there. Um, you know, Tennessee's kind of been right up to the brink a couple of times over the last, you know, 13, 14 years. You know, college game day, you know, ranked inside the top 20, early season, 5-0, and you know, 4-0, and whatever the case may be. And then you get to that stage, and then you lose or something goes wrong, and then it just kind of snowballs from there. I think more than anything, a win um, against Florida on Saturday would give this fan base just even more confidence that, Josh Heupel's got this thing going in the right direction. I think everybody thinks that already, but this would be a big time win. And um, it, more so than that, it's it's Florida. Um, you know, in my demographic, I grew up in East Tennessee. Florida was the biggest rival for Tennessee. You ask other people, it might be Alabama or whatever, but I think this Florida game means so much to a big portion to you know a lot of people in this fan base and kind of getting over that mental hurdle that's been sixteen to seventeen where. Tennessee's been a better football team on paper and really on the field a couple of times throughout this losing streak and still hadn't found a way. I just think it'd be huge. Plus, it'd be a win where you still have Alabama and Georgia coming up later on the schedule where those are going to be dogfights too. Yeah, a couple uh, a couple games came down to the wire in the swamp that, uh, th- that we got to witness. So um, you mentioned Hendon Hooker. Obviously, he's one of the headliners in this matchup. Um, how much of a jump has he made so far uh, You know, from – this year to to last and and you know just the comfort level in this offense and you know it, i think last year in the swamp they were not operating at this clip in terms of the the pace of the offense yeah i mean he just uh, he knows the offense um he has a more say in the offense you know in game planning on mondays and and sundays you know he'll meet with the offensive coordinator and they'll they'll kind of not together but alex Golish will show hey this is what we're thinking about doing in this matchup and Hendon now has the right to say, well, I like that. Oh, I don't know about that. And, and here's why. And they trust them. It's kind of a two-way street. And so uh, the trust in the coaching staff and, I mean, the, the rest of the other 10 guys on offense, the trust they have in Hendon. Um, the big thing about this offense, as you mentioned, is the tempo. It's the speed. The ability to run a play, you know, starts with the center, get the football, spot it, give it to the official, and then get up there and then scan the defense and go again. I mean, it took Hendon a little bit last year once he was thrust into action to kind of get comfortable doing that. And you know, really since then, it's just kind of, it's just kind of gone on. So he's very comfortable. He makes great decisions. Um, It's kind of funny if you, if you really dig deep into Hendon Hooker this year, the first series or two of each of the three ball games so far, he's not been as crisp, but from series three on throughout the rest of the game, he's been almost dynamite. So you, you can't afford to really get off to a slow start, but he's been so good the rest of the game that uh, Tennessee's offense just kind of feeds off that. And I think the defense has as well. And so, again, Tennessee just hadn't had a quarterback like this in a long time. And so it's been fun to cover. It's been fun to watch. And obviously it's been, uh, you know, racking up the wins a little bit here in the early going. And that's interesting because the first drive, first 10 plays maybe are scripted. And, you, and you've run those. You walked through them, you know, an hour before uh, you left the, you know, you left the, got in the buses to go to the stadium. Those are the plays yeah. that 
when Florida had like Jim McElwain and Doug Nussmeyer, they looked great their first two drives. And then once they got like <laughs> off their script, they were like, all right, well, what do we do now? Um, so it's interesting that you say that because you would assume that a quarterback or the entire offense as a whole uh, would be more comfortable with those that first drive, those first two drives that are scripted. Um, but then you think of, okay, well, you, you get into the flow of a game and yeah. and you get your feet wet and you, you, you warm up a little bit. Yeah, it was funny. I've got I've got the note right here. So uh, this is just the first couple of series of the ball game. I, you know, I, I had a, I had a guy give this to me, so um, <laughs> I don't want to take full credit. But to begin ball games this season, you know, Heupel's been nine of twenty three for ninety four yards and a touchdown, thirty nine percent. Started the Ball State game four of eight. Started the Pitt game two of eight. Started the Akron game three of seven. But then again, you know, he ended. The Akron game right there, he ended 14 of, of uh, I think, 19 or whatever. I mean, he's yeah. been he's been so good this season. So um, it is interesting because those plays are kind of scripted. But I, I guess it just kind of shows that uh, Hinton Hooker's played a whole lot of football and he can adjust on the fly and he can pick up things and kind of run with it. What are the concerns um, with this matchup offensively for Tennessee going into uh, this game against a Florida defense that, like you said, is probably going to have more speed talent than what they've seen on that side of the ball and and maybe some of the issues that they have had offensively i know there haven't been much you know they have the nation's uh, top five passing attack but what are some things that we'll find out in, in this game in terms of wh- how real tennessee is offensively well you know the biggest concern this week is obviously on the injury front uh like florida i know you're uh you know ventro miller's a, a dynamic quarterback of the defense and you know his his uh, status is questionable for this football game as i read on gators online last night Appreciate it. Uh, but uh, for Tennessee, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver, one of the best in the SEC, one of the best in the country, went down uh, with a it looked like an ankle injury there in the in the first half or th- yeah, first half of the, the Akron game. Um, we'll see if he can give it a go on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if he will. Um, he's very questionable. We'll see if he can go. And then just starting running back Jabari Small went out of the football game after a second carry against Akron. Uh, you're th- Third string running back, but again, they play multiple running backs. Dylan Sampson, true freshman, he went out in the third quarter with what looked like an ankle injury. So Tennessee got a little bit banged up against Akron, which is never ideal. You don't want that in a game like Akron. I feel better about the running backs, Jabari Small and Dylan Sampson, than I do Cedric Tillman. But again, I I don't know. We'll see if Cedric Tillman can give it a go. We'll see if all three of those guys can give it a go. But um, even if they can, say Cedric Tillman is out for this football game, say he can't play. Jalen Hyatt's emergence has been huge. Um, Brew McCoy is another big physical guy on the outside that can move over and kind of take the place of Cedric Tillman. So uh, that's better, but obviously you want your big guy on the outside, your your security blanket for Hendon Hooker, and that's what Cedric Tillman is. So the health of Tillman, big time going into Saturday. Any chance Brew McCoy transfers again? <laughs> no. Before Saturday, maybe? Finally found a home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Tennessee fans are pleased with that, so so hopefully not. <laughs> and then, obviously, you know, you look on the defensive side, uh, you feel like you said you mentioned you feel like they've taken some steps. Um, you know, what have you seen from Tim Banks in this scheme so far? And, you know, maybe the challenge that they have going up against a, a Florida offense that's led by Anthony Richardson, who's obviously got some dynamic, dynamic ability, but – has shown that, you know, if they throw some things at him, he can struggle. Yeah. And and that's what Tennessee, I think will do. Tennessee is a very aggressive defense. They were last year. They have been in in the Pittsburgh game. They got all after Keaton Slovis, um, his backup, Nick Patty, that went in the football game. I mean, they were relentless and they kept that up against Akron 
uh, last week as well. So I would expect a lot of blitzes from the second level, a lot of blitzes from the secondary. They'll bring their safeties from the third level and come off the edge a little bit as well. And so uh, just trying to confuse Anthony Richardson, trying to get back there and make things difficult. He is such a dynamic player that um, if you give him time, I feel like he can figure it out a little bit. So I think they're going to try to bring some pressure and obviously trying to keep him bottled up between the tackles. You know, Kentucky did such a great job with Anthony Richardson two weeks ago. And I think Tennessee would kind of like try to mimic that a big week for Byron Young and Tyler Barron, the the edge players to keep him inside the tackle box. But um, I I think they have more, I think they have better depth on the defensive line than I kind of thought they would be coming into the season. You lost Matthew Butler who played over 800 snaps a season ago, but Amari Thomas has stepped up, have more depth at linebacker, which is huge. Uh, Tennessee played three linebackers last year. Tennessee now has about five that they feel okay to play in a football game. And the secondary is still kind of a work in progress, but you do have two veteran safeties and Jalen McCullough and Trayvon Flowers. So again, I think they've taken a step. I've liked what I've seen from them. Very aggressive so far, but now that you're getting an sec play, you'll figure out just how big of a step that was. What's their biggest weakness defensively that you think that Florida might try to exploit or attack? Um, a little slow in the secondary. I mentioned those two safeties. They played a whole lot of football, but they're they're a little slow, especially if they have to man up on somebody over the middle of the field. Um, cornerback also. You had Warren Burrell, who's been a starter for about three years. He missed last week with an injury. We'll see what his status is moving into Saturday. But I mean, it's not Warren Burrell. It's Christian Charles, who is a sophomore, a first year corner, and is still kind of learning the position. So I think you're a little slow at safety. You're kind of new at, at one side of the corner. Um, and you're still fairly new up front as well. I mean, they're, they're going to play a lot of guys. And again, I think that they've been a little bit better up there, but, um, you know, playing some new guys to where you had some established guys like a Theo Jackson, a Taylor, Matthew Butler, yeah. those guys are gone. So just trying to get accustomed to everything, but I would say probably at the speed in the secondary at the safety position a little bit. Um, the, the offense is, is really fun to watch. Does, how does that affect the defense? Because if you're <laughs> running plays, you know, uh, uh, every 16 seconds. Slow down, um, guys. <laughs> and you're scoring quick. The defense isn't really getting a time time to catch its breath. Are you seeing the, just the pace of the offense affect the defense at all? Well, I think that, uh, and again, they play two MAC teams, so, you know, we'll see. Um, but they, they still rotated a little bit on the, a, a fair amount on defense against Pittsburgh. And, when you are complimenting an offense like Heupel's offense, you've got to play some guys. You've got to be ready to play a lot of guys on the defensive front, rotate in your linebackers. They have two star players. Uh, Tamari McDonald's a starter, but Wesley Walker, a transfer from Georgia Tech, also plays a considerable amount of snaps. And so, you know, really, they've been rotating a lot on defense outside of those two safeties. I don't think they, they, they trust the depth behind those two safeties right now. Um, but it's funny, man, against Ole Miss last year, I think this defense played 101 snaps um, against Kentucky. I think this defense played 97 snaps against Alabama. I want to say it was 94 snaps. I mean, they are they are out there wow. for a long portion of the time, but I think they're used to it now, whereas this time last year, I think it was a, a complete shock to the system. That's like, oh, man, you know, we're, we're dog tired. They just had a three and out and it took 49 seconds off the clock. We had to go back out there, but I think they're used to it now. Well, you, you get a lot a year. Now you're practicing against it every day. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, you've got a couple of springs and a couple of falls to practice against it. So you probably build up that stamina. But I, it was a silly question. I thought, oh, well, maybe you try to slow some drives down just, to, you know, as you feel a game out. Um, but it doesn't seem to be like it, it's just uh, I likened it to an Indy car earlier uh, in, in our first segment. That's it's just there's no break. 
uh, on the Tennessee offense. Well, they will sometimes. So at Pittsburgh um, in the second half, Tennessee's offense just couldn't get anything going. I mean, they were held to they were held to a field goal in the second half, and that's just that is just not what we've seen in a year and a couple of games from Josh Heupel. So they they went to the line. They would still hurry up to the line, but they stop, look to the sideline, slow some things down. Uh, but if that thing's going and they're getting four or five yards of pop and and it's it's humming the way it is, I mean they're they're trying to snap that football at like fourteen seconds or so. So um, unless they're really struggling, I, I would consider the the tempo to be uh, you know all gas no breaks. <laughs> what were some of the issues there when they were when they got held up against Pitt uh, offensively? Yeah, they they couldn't run the football. They really didn't even try to run the football traditionally in, in that sense. I mean they did a little bit, but um, what? Narduzzi was doing defensively with his front and, and the backers behind him. They just kind of went in the game plan saying, all right, we're just going to, we're going to cut our losses. We're not going to try to run the football. We're going to throw it to Cedric Tillman 18 times in that football game, which is true. They did do that. Yeah. Um, and they tried to run it with Hendon hooker a little bit more. So, uh, but the problem there was they weren't winning first downs. And and so when you're, when you're at second 11 or second nine, you know, third and nine, third and eight, I mean, obviously those aren't running situations. And so, I just feel like the failure on early downs. Um, and, and that's the kind of the thing, you know, with Josh Hyde's offense, it's all about getting that first, first down. You get that first, first down, you move the chains and you kind of, you're kind of in rhythm. Uh, they just didn't do that a whole lot in the second half um, uh, at Pittsburgh, but give them credit. They, they came out looking like trash in the first three series and then they scored on the next four series. And so um, it was kind of hot and cold in that football game, but they got to win early downs or that's that, that can be disastrous potentially for a Tennessee offense. We're speaking with Eric came from Volquest. A uh, couple final questions for you, Eric. Nick mentioned how big a win like this could be for Vol nation and the Tennessee football program. How much do you think this game means for Josh Heupel? Uh, a guy who, when he was playing at Oklahoma, this was the game. Um, you know, that, that was the, uh, game in 2001 where that they played here that got rescheduled and uh, you know, I'm sure he remembers that. And then obviously was at Missouri, you know, coached against uh, Florida and then, and was here in the state at, at UCF and was kind of little brother to the Gators. So now at Tennessee with a chance to beat Florida, do you think that this maybe means a little bit more to him in any way? Well, and also does some of the fan do some fans start thinking, okay, well, he's not the one if, if he doesn't beat Florida, then you start owing two against Florida and it's just, all right, well, we got another one that's going to can't win, beat the Mac teams yeah. and, and win some games, but we're not going to beat Alabama and Georgia and Florida. You know, I, I, that's a good question. I, I just think that, I mean, 16 to 17, again, Tennessee has been the better team many times and mm -hmm. just hasn't found a way to come out with a win. And that's so frustrating for Tennessee fans. And, um, I think that, you know, if if you lose this game, I don't think anybody's calling for his head, obviously, but right. I do think there might be some some of that thoughts like, oh, well, Hypel can't beat Florida, you know, Pruitt couldn't beat Florida, uh, Butch, you know, beat Florida one time. It's just, you know, can, can he eventually turn the corner? I just think this this is the type of the game to where it just kind of solidifies that you are indeed on this right path. You are, you know, taking a step, you know, continuing to take those steps in the right direction. Um, I think that's more than anything. Now, in terms of Hypel, he will never, ever say this, obviously. Uh, it, it's kind of funny. You know, he's it, it, throughout the week on Mondays, he's kind of, you know, loose a little bit and um, he'll, he'll talk a little bit. And then, you know, Thursday, this press conference we just came back from, he is in his game mode, right? <laughs> he won't let anything out. Um, he'll never say that one game means more than the other. He won't. But I think, too, like he'll, he knows what's at stake. He knows what Neyland Stadium is going to be like. 
he knows all the outside noises of college game day and checker kneeling and and sold out crowds and all that type of stuff. I think he too knows that if you get this win, then you really are, you know, buying yourself not some grace from the fans, but you're mm. earning even more of their trust. And obviously this is a big SEC matchup. So um I just think it's a big game all around for Tennessee fans, of course, for the head coach and and uh, everybody involved. And then final question question or topic for you, Erica. How much has the spread been discussed in Knoxville this week from Hypel and the players just, you know, among sports talk radio, like, is that a thing that puts any pressure on Tennessee in this game? Cause they've never been favored by this much. Um, do you think it gives them confidence? What's your take on it? Yeah. Well, obviously the coaches and the players haven't said a word about it. Um, I'm sure they know. I mean, you, you can't not know in 2022, right? Especially if you have a phone in your hand. Um, I, I think it's been a point of discussion, you know, for fans calling in radio shows or, you know, writing to us at volquest.com or whatever. Um, I just think at the end of the day, it don't matter if that I think it opened, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I think it opened at nine and a half. It climbed to eleven and a half. It's sitting somewhere around eleven right now. Um, as long as Tennessee gets the win, I don't think anybody cares, right? Yeah. Uh, but I I just think, you know, when players were speaking to to the media throughout the week and you know, you you had a couple of robots up there saying, Oh, it's just another game, we just gotta move on, you know, take care of us. And then some guys got up there and were really candid, you know, Jerome Carvin, offensive lineman, you know, Trayvon Flowers safety saying, you know, this is why you come to Tennessee to play in games like this, to play against your rival, to um, break losing streaks like what, you know, we're currently on right now, um, you know, their words. And so um, I, I don't think that they're paying too much attention to it. I'm sure they're aware of it, but uh, I think Tennessee fans are confident, excited, but also know in the back of their mind, it's like, Oh, well, this is Florida. It's it's not gone our way, you know, the last seventeen years or so. So I just think uh, once Saturday gets here, it's going to get wild, and and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Zach is going to be uh, down on the field at Neyland. Does he need to worry about any mustard bottles, golf balls, anything <laughs> in case in case there is a wild and crazy ending, kind of like uh, we've seen in the recent years? Gosh, I hope not, man. So I was on the field when that happened Ooh. as well, Old Miss last year, and I just I tucked myself up near the uh, near the block wall there. Uh, <laughs> I was actually in the north end zone, thankfully, not the south end zone, so I was okay. But hopefully, you'll be okay. Uh, but uh, it, it I, I'm excited to see that environment again. Josh Heupel's mentioned a couple of times. This is what college football is all about. Mm -hmm. it, it's going to be wild. It's going to be just a phenomenal environment. I think it'll be exciting to see and. Um, you know, we'll see if it can rival, you know, 2015 Oklahoma, uh, everybody's saying that's been the loudest that Neyland stadium's ever been. We'll see if it can rival that come Saturday night. I remember in 2016 when I was on the field pregame for that Florida Tennessee matchup, man, they were just giving it to tease Tabor, <laughs> giving it to tease Tabor. I think there was even was a certain, that was the, that was the ducks pull trucks here. Yeah. And so there was a lot of, a lot of yapping from Florida and they did not show up. They did not show up. They did not show up. And obviously that's the last time that college game day was in town. And the last time Tennessee was favored in this matchup. So, um, no. a lot of storylines to follow in this game, Eric, we appreciate your insight and perspective on this team. And, uh, we look forward to seeing you in Neyland stadium on Saturday, but, yeah, thanks guys for having me on. Had a blast. Absolutely. We're going to jump to this final break. We'll come back on the other side and wrap up the Gators Online podcast live from Spurs Gridiron Grill. Coming game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to spurriers.com, hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight.
Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast, live from Spurs Gridiron Grill. Appreciate Eric for joining us in the last segment. Some good talk on the Tennessee Vols and um, you know, just getting his perspective on the team and where they're at. Year two under Josh mm-hmm. Heupel. Uh, you can tell the difference, I think, obviously, offensively. And uh, I think we'll see defensively if they can mimic the uh, Kirby Smart, Mark Stoops game plan against Anthony Richardson on Saturday. Yeah, I didn't think Kentucky would be able to to do it as well as they did. Obviously, the guys Georgia had doing it last yeah. year, uh, that was just a legendary defense. That helps. Um, there is a blueprint. Um, but, you know, like I've said and, and kind of like I've written, stop helping teams stop Anthony Richardson. You're, you're, right now, the way Florida's calling games, and I get it, there's nothing behind Anthony Richardson right now. Well, there's Jalen Kitna that we learned this week. There's nothing behind Anthony <laughs> Richardson right now. And I get you don't want to get him hurt. Um, there was a play last week against USF where he gets tackled on a scramble and he's he's like limping off on his right leg, not putting any weight on it. The next play he sailed it. And then the play after that, they called a quarterback run. He got hit low, he got hit high at the same time, and then he got gang tackled by six players. The play after that, he threw that interception. Yeah. Which I uh, think might have had an effect. Yep. Just just a theory. So RT RT RTDB. Run the dang ball. Yeah. Um don't give Montreal Johnson just six carries. Uh I mean it, we've got a it's it's yeah. six carries, Nick. Uh, they've got 99 carries and nobody has more than three than the next person. You've now, got the three running backs and Anthony Richardson, everyone's between 22 and 23 carries, I think. Now, in Billy's defense... 22 and 26 carries. Had his offense run more than 48 plays, I would imagine Montreux would have gotten more than six yeah. carries, but if you only get 48 plays, you know, yeah. somebody's got to be at double digits, and it's got to be Trevor or Montreux. Um, they or, got or to be able... Yeah, or Anthony. Uh, yeah, double-digit carries from Anthony would not be bad in this game. Um, I, I think it's it's frustrating for me because we have seen some atrocious offensive lines at the university of Florida, uh, in the 10 years, 11 years that we've been doing this, some terrible offensive lines and Florida has one of the best offensive lines that they've They're had since great. I've been covering the team. You have the ability with the running back room and, by and the, with way, the quarterback and this offensive line to just lean on other teams and, and impose your will. And it's just like, well, the numbers aren't saying that we should do that. So let's pass. It's like, no, 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 no dictate the game don't let the, the the game and your opponent dictate what you're going to do go in there with the attitude that this is our strength if we get beat by playing to our strength cool then you beat us at our own game but you're you're going away from your strength because they're trying to beat your strength and now you're throwing the ball more than than you should with a quarterback who's still developing as a passer and they're doing all that the credit that you gave the offensive line with your right tackle out I mean, Austin Barber stepped right in, mm-hmm. and, like, they haven't missed a beat. No. Um, so, to Nick's point, one of the keys to the game for Florida is RTDB. Sandra Bullock. Quit, quit all those trick plays, Chip. Run the dang ball. And the Gators got a uh, commitment this week at the running back position for uh, 2024. 24. And um, I think saw one of the staffers <laughs> tweet the run the damn ball. Uh Hashtag. Yeah, I'm so ready for it. That that's obviously their bread and butter. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's what they're going to have to do successfully in order to kill some clock, sustain some drives, and keep that stinking ball away from Tennessee's offense, mm-hmm. 
which brings us to our next key to the game for Florida. Handling that up-tempo attack, man. I mean, we'll mention without Ventrell Miller, too, but just that alone, with her, with Ventrell or without Ventrell, um, it's going to be difficult. And, and, and how they've simulated that in practice, what they're going to be able to do to try and, and, and slow them down, they got to get some stops. Uh, defensively, they got to create some turnovers. They got to get to Hendon Hooker mm-hmm. as well, like throw him off his rhythm, and um, that's going to be one of the toughest tests for the Gators on Saturday. And I think if you're Florida, um, go back to some Will Muschamp ball in terms of win the time of possession. I think yeah. the best thing you can do for your defense is to have longer, sustained drives. Mm-hmm. You don't need to run that high octane offense. And Billy mentioned, you know, when we were asking if you can simulate it, he's like, well, we do some tempo things just that like they only do tempo. (laughs) Um, So like we can simulate it, but that's not our offense. Um, I think you need to take time, let your defense, like if you're going to be going three and out, make it a three minute, three and out or two minute, (laughs) three and out. You can't afford to pass on first down, pass on second, pass on third. Now we're three and out. We've wasted 13 seconds of game clock, maybe 45 seconds of real time. And we're sending our defense back out to this track meet. I think it behooves Florida not only to run the ball because that's what they're best at doing, but to give their defense a much needed breather. Because when Tennessee's offense is on the field, yeah. it's green light, go, go, go. Yeah. And and obviously not having Ventrell, but potentially is going to have a lot to do with Florida's ability to withstand this offensive attack. Um I think that you you know, gain something potentially in some of your young players from an athleticism standpoint, mm-hmm. from a pass coverage standpoint that you might not have with Ventrell, but you're missing so much more that it's, you know. I mean, you gave up 300 yards of rushing to USF. Yeah, it, but, but, minus, minus some bad snaps, you gave up 300 yards on the ground, and that wasn't. And you, and that was getting you know gashed in the ground game. I think now it's going to hurt you Saturday in the passing game. Now, now Tennessee can run the ball too, but. The pressure that's going to be put on those young linebackers in coverage, trying to hustle back the line of scrimmage just to go out there and cover some more, yeah. uh, man, it, it's you know it, it doesn't give you confidence. I think going into this game now, it, it will be interesting to see how much more we see from uh, some of these Patrick Tony defensive packages. We know that he likes to play a lot of defensive backs. Maybe you get a lot of them in this game. Uh, maybe. Amari Bernie's probably the only one that's playing linebacker consistently in this matchup and, and a guy who is a former defensive back. So, you know, uh, this is going to be a lot on him, a lot on this defense. And, and I think them being able to get some stops, uh, you know, get get uh, Hennon Hooker off of his rhythm is going to be key in this matchup. And I think every every game, this is always key, right? Turnover margin, winning the turnover battle. I think that for Florida, it's the reason that they lost to Kentucky, and it's the reason that they won against USF. That's crazy, you know. Um, no, you're right, but that's crazy. And I think, uh, you know, I mean, if anything, they made the the game clinching interception against Utah that came into play there. So I think once again in this game, given the style of this team, they are going to have to, have to, have to create some takeaways. And Anthony Richardson, he cannot turn over the ball Saturday. No fumbles, no picks. Like, Florida's got to play the cleanest game offensively that they've had this year, and they've got to have the most turnovers that they've created yet. And for them to have a chance, I think, in this game. And it's interesting because I think they went to 
Um, I think they were almost working on a little bit of the uh, offense against USF at home when it was quiet of the looking over and just watching Anthony Richardson because this week is going to be loud. Um, and it's Florida looks over and they've got their signs up that, yeah. that you know, are, are calling the play in. Um, but handle that environment. And, and something big that Eric said of Tennessee's offense starting slow, the best way to handle that environment is for Tennessee to start slow to get an early lead, make those fans have to cheer and, and stay as loud as they are yeah. when, when they when you know when Tennessee runs through the tee, down fourteen nothing in the first quarter, sure. down sure. ten nothing in the first quarter, to try to take the the fans out of that game early. Um, but I am excited to see that environment because it is what like Josh Heupel said and like Billy Napier has said yeah. about the swamp. That kind of environment is what makes um, you know college football special. And I, I've been there with over a hundred thousand before. Well, and you mentioned that brings us to our, our, our final two keys to the game. Um, specifically on that point, this is Anthony Richardson's first career road start. Yep. A lot of, lots of, to unpack here. Fourth career start, fourth career start, third against the top 20 opponent. Insane. Um, a lot to unpack here because he played, he's played on the road in the sec. Mm-hmm. First career road start, but he's played on the road in the SEC. However, he ain't played in anything like this. Well, the Death Valley was was pretty n- Nick. Death Valley was loud. Nick, that was a nooner. Yep. For a fired coach O. That crowd was not. I mean, I, I don't remember what the attendance was, but it ain't go, that environment is not going to be what Neyland Stadium is going to be on on Saturday uh, at three thirty. So. And then when he came into that game, like, I don't know. I I just, I I don't know how much stock I put into that. Although the one thing that I will put into it that I'm interested to see Saturday is we've seen Anthony go through a lot these first three games. Not done so well dealing with the pressure, right, mentally. How does he do now away from home, away from the home environment, away from Gainesville? Mm. You know, we saw how he played in Death Valley. Like, dude left it all out on the field. Like, does he potentially play better on the road? Or does getting out of that Gainesville bubble do him some good? Maybe, yeah. Um, But Anthony Richardson is obviously a key to the game for Florida. Not just, you know, uh, taking care of the ball and allowing Florida to win the turnover battle, but just him mentally. How does he deal with the crowd? How does he deal with the pressure? Does he feed off of being the villain in Neyland. Um, I'm interested to see that. Mm. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, but that is interesting. You know, you get away from um, the, the home crowd. Um, maybe some men just want to see the world burn. Maybe he, he <laughs> maybe he likes being the villain and, and hearing the booze and you feed into that. Um, Instead of the booze from the Florida fans in the swamp, that's a different type of feel, you know? <laughs> They'll give him a little flea bag. Um I want to see Anthony have fun. I think so much, and we've talked about this on the show, I think so much of the other stuff has crept into his head. He has the opportunity with a good season, or coming into the year, had an opportunity with a good season to make the kind of NFL money that doesn't set him and his family up, but sets his potential future grandchildren up. Yeah. Um, Against Kentucky, I think he let... I'm going up against Will Levis. Half the NFL is here. Todd McShay is following me around like a stalker. I need Gainesville PD to get this guy <laughs> off my back. Uh, I think he let some of that stuff creep into his head. 
I just want him to go back out and have fun. Give me a round off back tuck handspring before the game. Uh, don't hurt yourself, but give me one of those. Have fun. The kind of fun that we saw, you know, even at, when you were the backup doing backflips. Give a Tebow pump up to the yeah, crowd. Yeah, just, just have fun. You got to remember why you're playing the game. Yes, there are other things going on um, outside and, and your play will dictate your future, but just go back to that. 14 year old kid in an East side helmet. And just remember why you're playing the game and, and how fun it is to go out there with your, with your team and, and play football. And then our final key before we get into the picks, uh, this is clearly Nick's most important key to the game. And that's the game changers. Oh. You know, Florida has yet to say tin roof of the bar in Knoxville. Florida has yet to really make a, game-changing special teams play. Now, they've made some plays on special teams that have changed the game in the wrong way. <coughs> they've also had the opposing team make some plays on special teams that have benefited the Gators, the missed kick, um, some other special teams uh, blunders. But I think Florida in this game to win could use a big return, a block kick, um, Something on special teams that allows them to, have, at the very least, flip the field or get some momentum. That I think that has to happen Saturday. Brandon James ain't coming out of that. Uh, oh man, the Brandon James might be a trigger name for for Tennessee fans, <laughs> but but he ain't coming out. Um, I don't want to see them return punts or kicks. I just, fair catch it last week. <laughs> Etn just walking out like this as the ball sailed into the end zone. I don't want to see him return punts or kicks. Um, Adam, I'd like Mahalik. to see Ling. I'd like to see Lingard on return for the record. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, let that. let that guy run out all his frustration on a kickoff. Actually, maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe let him do that. This guy's got speed. You talked me into it. You talked me into it. Put put Lingard back there. Um, Adam Mahalik nailed it. That's cool. Mihalak. Um, he, he's been he's been fantastic. Um, the walk-on has been fantastic. You're going to get an extra year out of Trey Smack because yeah. of how good. Or shoot. Trace Mack might transfer <laughs> and Adam might get it. Might get a scholarship. Um, would like to see a big game from, from, from Jeremy Crawshaw. I think if this is a game that might be close as, as I think you think it will be, um, I, I think you need to play the, the field position game and Johnny Townsend, Tommy Townsend have had big games against Tennessee. Uh, have been game changers. Hundreds of people too. All right. It's time for the picks. Weak slate of games. Nick and I were four and one last week. Uh, Mike Leach let us both down yeah. uh, in Death Valley. Brian Kelly's family won the <sighs> game. Tough to get five games this week. We're going to run through them rapid fire. Um, Arkansas at Texas A&M. Both of us were right with our A&M picks last week against the Canes. Mm -hmm. What you got? Woo! Pig suey. Hmm. In College Station, huh? In College Station. I like it. Um. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go a And M. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm rolling with the Aggies. I think they got something rolling with uh, with Max Johnson. Um, Clemson at Wake Forest, top twenty five matchup. Clemson. Mm, I'm going with you. Uh, like to see an upset there. I'll, I'll be tuned in for it. Um, Texas at Texas Tech, only a seven point game. Spread wise. Yep, Texas without a quarterback. Uh, I'm still going with the Longhorns. Hook them. I think uh, Sarkeesian's got that that program heading the right direction. I think it will be a close game, but I got um, Texas as well. Got creative with this pick. 
Vandy at Alabama. No, we are not picking the game. We're picking the spread. 40 and a half. Does the Crimson Tide cover? That's a lot of points. Yeah, I'm going to say they cover. Uh, I'm going to throw some respect on the Commodores, and I'm going to say Vandy covers 40 Vandy covers. I I think that uh, they find a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, obviously, Saturday's matchup in Knoxville. Gators are 10.5, 11-point underdogs, I think, give or take. Nick and I are 2-1 in the season when it comes to picking Florida games, and we are about to be at odds with this one. Negative Nick, take us away. Florida, uh, biggest dog that they've ever been against Tennessee. Stadium is sold out. College game day is there. Um, Tennessee finds ways to lose to Florida. Uh, the series is 31-20. It's 31-10 and 10 if you take out Florida losing the first 10 games in the series. Florida, the coaching staff needs to be honest with themselves this week. You're, you've lost to Kentucky. You're not beating Georgia. This is your championship game this year. Go on to Knoxville. Sell out. Let Anthony Richardson be Anthony Richardson. You need to win this game. If you don't have him for Eastern Washington, if you don't have him for Eastern Washington and you lose to Eastern Washington, then that's on, that's on you. You should not lose to Eastern. You should not lose the thank you, Jim McElwain for coming to our school game, uh, which is why Eastern Washington's even on the schedule. Florida needs to sell out. Be honest with themselves. You're not beating Georgia. You sell out to win this game. Florida goes up to Knoxville, not only covers the spread, wins the football game. I got the Gators this week. Whoa. Whoa. Folks, negative Nick has turned over a new leaf. Hoodie on and everything. I think that the, the Gators are going to have to go in there hooded up. Yeah. To, uh, Bro, where are your black air forces this week? Hmm. If 51 takes the field, the Gators got a shot. Um, but I, I don't expect him to play. I think that he's going to be missed on Saturday. Um, and, and I just think that this Tennessee offensive tack is for real. I think that, you know, they've obviously, uh, you know, had opportunities to win this matchup in, in recent years and haven't been able to get it done. I think that this game in Knoxville uh, with Florida still trying to figure out things offensively, and missing their leader on offense or on defense uh, is going to be too much to overcome. I do think it's going to be a close game, um, but I'm going to go with Tennessee here. Uh, be at be at odds with Nick this week. So um, we will see on Saturday. Hoods up, Black Air Force is on, going into Knoxville to steal one. Well, we will be in Knoxville for the game. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, sold out crowd on hand for this uh, checkered attendance that we will see so um we'll see if the gators can go up there and and get the win over number 11 tennessee or if they come back two and two we'll be back next thursday to break it all down live from spurs gridiron grill uh for nick del torre i'm zach albaverde
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.